Well, good morning and a blessing to each one. Um, it's been good to be here. Um, as Jonathan was sharing about the slave and uh, some of the comments, um, yes, um, we are a slave by choice, but yet, looking on the positive side, Jesus said we're his friend. And also, through Jesus, he has given us the power to become the sons of God. It's more than slavery. We are joint heirs with Jesus. When we choose to become a servant of God, that's the blessing part. There's no curse in that slavery. There, there's a freedom in there, in that. I don't know how many of you know, I am, I like fireworks. This, that's something I've enjoyed from way back. And this year, there's a thought came to me before um, we had our own little family time in the woods there. And I've got some of those that are the Gordoners. I mean, it, there's a loud boom. And there's also some that flew up and had a nice display. God just gave me a picture of what our life is after Christ comes in. There's not this loud boom, but when that boom happens, that ball disintegrates. There is nothing you can trace in that thing. When Jesus Christ comes in, that's what happens with our sin. It is totally gone, wiped out. And we can have a beautiful display of what a life in Jesus looks like. So I challenge the children with that. You know, when fireworks are fun, but let's remember who we are and who we can be in Christ. Maybe that can justify buying more fireworks. Anyway, we welcome you to this part of the service. Sally was married to Bill for many years. Then one evening, Bill had a heart attack and died. Several years later, Sally remarried a man named Jack. Jack was in many ways different than Bill. Bill didn't like to eat breakfast. He just grabbed a cup of coffee and headed out the door. Now Jack, he liked to start his day with a big country breakfast. Bill didn't care if the house was kept clean or not. Jack wanted the house neat and tidy. After Jack and Sally had been married for a year, Jack was beginning to get aggravated. So the one morning he came down the stairs hoping to find things different but the house was messy, and as he went into the kitchen, hoping to smell bacon and eggs, he found only a cup of cold coffee. When Jack voiced his dissatisfaction with the situation, Sally said, well, that's the way Bill liked it. Jack said, Sally, Bill is dead. You are my wife now. You have to stop living 
like you are still married to Bill. Now, in our spiritual life, are we much different than Sally? Is our flesh really dead? Are we truly married to Jesus Christ? You know, when we're born, we're so-called married to our flesh. We walk in the flesh, we walk after the flesh, we do things to please the flesh. And that flesh is not what my clothes is hanging on. That's not what I'm talking about. It's that fallen humanness, that nature that is within us, that's selfish. Now when we're born again, our flesh and its nature has died. It's been crucified. Galatians 5.24 And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. There's no excuse. We are now married to Jesus Christ, so-called, because we are in oneness with him in spirit. We became one. So how often does Jesus maybe say over my shoulder, Laverne, your flesh is dead now. Stop living like you're married to that flesh. We are one. I've titled the message Liberty in Christ because of just our past week, what's happened for the nation. The, what we celebrate. So if you want to, you can turn to uh, Galatians 5. I've, I'm going to read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to expound on the whole chapter. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to stay focused on what he's sharing with liberty, our liberty. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, unto you, that if ye be circumcised, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the f Spirit, Wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ, in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by law. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. 
Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I have told you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So now jumping back up to stand fast means being stationary. We persevere in it, in our liberty. We stand fast so we don't lose it. Don't entangle yourselves in trying to perform or be justified by your works. It doesn't work. Don't just add Jesus to your life. That's not what he wants. We just we can't just add him and keep keep living. If we dr- try to justify ourselves by the law or our works, we have fallen from grace, and Christ is of no effect to us. Now, this word grace, I found it interesting, is um, <coughs> in one sense it's the unmerited favor that he shows. But in this Greek, it was divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. We have fallen from that if we trust in our own works. But it's God's unmerited favor to us that he will lead us. If we have fallen from grace, we have fallen from allowing Jesus to influence our heart. Being under the law is due to be. Now being in Christ, it's be to do. If we are in the flesh, we do the things of the flesh. If we are in Christ, we do the things of Christ. These are contrary one to another. There, there is a battle within us. But if we're walking in the Spirit, we're going to do the things of the Spirit. 
For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So now we're, we're coming in. This is just kind of my little base thing I was building. Verse 13, jumping down, is we have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty for an occasion to the flesh or an opportunity for the flesh. Now our liberty does not give us the right to do anything we want. That's not the liberty that we have. But it gives us the right to do what we ought. It actually enables us that we can do what we ought. Now Romans 6.18 tells us one thing at least that we're free from. Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of righteousness. In Christ, we can now live in righteousness. Before Christ, in God's eyes, it's not righteousness. You can be doing... Let me explain. The flesh can do wonderful things. We can go and serve people. We can do the right things. But if it's in our own agenda or our own doing... It's not righteousness in God's eyes. But once you're in Christ and out of the Spirit, we're drawn to do that. Now it's righteousness in God's eyes. Doing the same thing. But it's which spirit are you doing it in? That's the important thing. The liberty that we receive in the Spirit. You know, because our liberty that we have in Christ means to be free to live as God wants us to live. We're no longer under the bondage of that sin. Now, if a son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That's where only in Jesus Christ is the liberty. Only. So, I have mentioned, you know, we can't just do what we want. It doesn't free us to do that. What does Paul mean then when he says all things are lawful? I will be quick to say, in Christ, we can do a lot of things. That's not sin, that's not wrong. But is it edifying? And furthermore, in that context where he was talking about is actually more about the meat and making sure, you know, that it's all lawful. But if it offends someone, don't eat it. And also, it's not teaching the same thing that he's teaching here. In, he was teaching the Corinthians that. Now, here in Galatians, he's not teaching that as far as liberty to do that. Because if he would have been... Would we not say while he was in prison, prison, when he could not do anything, he was in the stocks, couldn't even move, has he lost his liberty that he had in Christ? The true liberty that we receive in Christ, we cannot, no one can take it away from us. 
Sad to say, we're also living in a time when Christian freedom is being abused. Just as this nation is abusing freedom, so is the church abusing spiritual freedom. Thinking we can just pretty much do anything. I'm doing my own thing. It's no longer serving one another, which that will be coming later. There's this diminishing sense of alarm or a shock of sin. It's just tolerated. I'm guilty. Because I, I tend to want to err on the side of grace. But really, is that biblical? There's a balance here. Why does the church extend grace to someone who is living in and practicing sin? I didn't say commit a sin. It's practicing it. Why does the church say extend grace? Why are we merciful on that? When we're called to be holy, spotless, without blemish, Should we be long-suffering to those who are living in sin? I say we aren't. We're not supposed to be gracious to them. Now those who have just committed a sin, yes, we need to be long-suffering and helping them. But those who are just habit habitually living in sin, no desire to repent, those are not of us, is what Paul said. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. We do not have the freedom to go and just sin because we can't just add Jesus and keep going. I have a great burden for a holy church. I didn't say a perfect church, but a holy church. Ones, ones that are living in holiness, in righteousness. The church is never going to be the church it's supposed to be until it becomes spiritually committed to obedience to the Word of God. Not our own. You know, we have all sorts of ideas what church should be. But we dare not violate the Word of God. Being totally committed to a life of integrity and a walk of purity and holiness. That's my burden for the church. And it starts right here. It starts with the leaders, the pastors, the fathers. That's where it's got to start. Until the leaders in the church and the home get their act together in terms of purity and holiness, there's very little hope for the rest. It starts with us as fathers. If we see the church going in a direction we don't want to be going, where are we fathers? What are we doing? Or are we passive? Are we the first Adam? Just 
going with the flow? Or are we the second Adam? Are we in the second Adam, Jesus Christ? And not being passive. The buck stops here. I am accountable for my family. I am accountable how I lead my family to God. I'm also accountable how I help lead here in church. There's a big burden for me. When we become a Christian, we have for the first time in our life the capacity to do what is right, good, true, just, righteous, and holy. We can't in and of ourselves. That's why we're free from the bondage of sin. We're free from that, the flesh. The flesh is still here, but it's our choice if we want to listen to it or not. That nature is to have been crucified. So we see that our liberty is not to indulge in the flesh, but to live a life of purity. That's, we have, we're free to do that now. Now in the end of verse 13, it says, but by love, serve one another. It says not to indulge, not to indulge in the flesh or giving the occasion to the flesh, but by love, serving one another. And that love is agape. It's that self-sacrificial love serving one another. Am I serving you? It was hard. I had a struggle. I didn't want to leave camping early Saturday morning, 4.30, leaving the woods, and so I can start studying for my message today. I didn't want to do it. But God prompted me here. That was not a self-sacrificial love. I wanted to do what I wanted to be doing. I had to repent of that. Once he spoke to me here, I could relax. I could, the thoughts started coming. It's because I wanted to do it. I did not have that self-sacrificial love that I needed. We've got to lay down our own agenda and see us as a whole. How can we help each other arrive home safe? Looking out for each other. And that's the liberty we have. We can do that now because the flesh is supposed to be out of the way. As it says further, he says that the law is fulfilled in one word. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That fulfills the whole law. Further, you know, he says about biting one another and devouring one another. Our liberty does not give us the right to injure others. Just because we're free in Christ does not mean we can injure others. If we bite people like a poisonous snake and devour one another, we better take heed 
that we're not consume, consumed ourselves. There's an adversary, the devil, who's out and about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If we get so focused on our own agenda, on our own things, we're in fighting and fussing, we're going to be devoured. Congregations have gone to nothing because of this. They were not seeking the best in the others. They wanted their own thing, and off they split. And so many people are so concerned about their own rights. And once the liberty, once that's what's so freeing is, we don't have to worry about our rights. Because we're not our own. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We're not our own. We're a slave. Just like the slaves were. They had no right whatsoever to nothing. And so easy for me, I'm talking myself, to be here in church wanting my right. And we actually have none. And I've heard said, those people, you know, about offending others, they can just think they do as they please. If it offends someone else, they just need to grow up. I wonder where they find that in the Bible. I, I can't find it. It's the opposite of that. There are several different ones. This is the one I sense that to share. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. We're looking out for our brother. We're serving him in love. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So let's not be an offense to them if it's unclean for them and I just keep plowing on doing my own thing, that is not in love serving the other one. We do not have that liberty just because we're in Christ. Liberty does not injure others, but f sacrificially serves others and seeks the good of others. And that liberty is what will be maintained. Abused liberty is lost. So liberty in Christ is not to indulge in the flesh and it's not to injure others. Another thing that I see is in the scripture our liberty does not give us the right to ignore the law. When Paul writes in Romans about not being under the law he's not saying that we now ignore the law. We're free. We're no longer under that law. We're free from trying 
to fulfill that law. We're free from trying to maintain God's standard of holiness without divine enablement. We have Jesus Christ in us that enables us now, and we actually fulfill the law. And in Christ, we are free from the penalty or the curse of the law. That's no longer over us. We're free from that. Because when we die in Christ, we walk in newness of life. So when you put your faith in Christ, you die in Christ, you rise in Christ, your penalty is paid. Let's not stay there. Let's not just die in Christ. Let's rise in Christ. Let's be empowered by that. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is to be in us. What are we doing? We're free to go out there and just spread. Go. Are we? Or are we still dead? We're not moving. We, we don't have the life that we should have in Christ. We're now free to have life abundantly. The morals haven't changed. The ethics haven't changed. But you're free from the penalty. What's changed is God has made a way. Jesus came in flesh. Took that curse. That's why we're free in Christ. We're free from the curse, all because of Jesus. And it's all to him I owe. That's why Paul, here in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because Christ has fulfilled the law. And in him, we fulfill the law. I thought I had that scripture about that we fulfill the law. Anyway. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Here it is. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. We do fulfill the law. We don't ignore it. Who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the point is, if we have the true self-sacrificial love toward God and toward others, we are going to fulfill the law. Because that's the heart of God. Here's a little illustration. If we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength... We're not going to have any other gods before him. We will not make any graven image. We will not use his name in vain. We love him too much. If we love him, 
will keep the Sabbath day holy. In fact, every day will be lived in holiness. We will honor father and mother. And if we, by a copy love, serve one another, we won't kill. We won't steal. We're not going to bear false witness. We're not going to covet because we want the best for them, not for me. The reason we covet is because we want, I want something you don't, that you have, and I don't have it. But if we are concerned about your well-being, we're not concerned about myself. Well, we're fulfilling the law. Jesus gives us that freedom. Because of Christ in me, I am free from sin, death. All the curse of the law was death. Because in ourselves, we can't fulfill it. That's where Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because we're so tied, we're such a oneness, and Jesus has given us that liberty, the true liberty. <coughs> now, walking in the Spirit is walking in obedience to the mind and will of the Spirit of God. That means to be saturated with the Word of God so that the Word of God, sorry, so that the word of Christ dwells in us richly. Then that the word becomes a control factor used by the Spirit of God to lead us in, unto obedience. If we don't know the word of God, the Spirit uses the words to lead us. If we don't know the word of God, if we're not saturated with it, how can the Spirit lead us? I'm not saying it's impossible. With all things... With God, all things are possible. But I think that's why a lot of us struggle. Because we're not letting the words of Christ dwell in us richly. So that the, through, when these temptations come, these words will come to our minds. And it gives us the power. Christ is our power, the Spirit, over sin. We're no longer under that bondage. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And that's true liberty. That's the true freedom that we seek. So in closing, the three points. Our liberty in Christ is not to indulge in the flesh, but to enjoy a life of purity and holiness. It is not the liberty to in injure others, but to, to love and serve others. And it's not the liberty to ignore the law, but to obey God's word and fulfilling it by the Holy Spirit. That's the liberty we have. That's a liberty back in the Old Testament. They didn't have that liberty.
I might have James clothes, but I don't know. 